What is up, motherfuckers? This is your host, Matt. I'm here with my boy, Ray Ray and Massey. Ray Ray, say what's up to the people. Hey, what's up, flockers? And Massey? Let's get at it, flockers. We are here for another beautiful edition of the Flock NFL podcast for the fans, by the fans. On tonight's episode, we will be discussing our top 25. We're running down numbers 18 through 10 tonight. And on the next episode, we'll finish out 9 through 1. We'll take some questions from the fans, as always. We'll discuss some of the new contracts given out to Aaron Rodgers and Khalil Mack and the big trade that just went down. And then changing the preseason from 18... Excuse me. Changing the season from 16 games to 18 games and shortening the preseason by two games. Good idea? Bad idea. So, let's go ahead and start there. Ray Ray, what are your thoughts on reducing the number of preseason games and increasing the regular season? I'm 100% down for reducing the number of preseason games to two, three max, but... As a fan, I would love to watch another a couple extra games in the regular season, but also just the the what it will do with the the, the records and um, history and all those kind of things and how it's going to affect that. I'd almost rather to steer, steer clear of it. I know it'd be good for the league to make the extra money, but I'll I'll hate to have to in twenty years from now decide well who played in eighteen game era and who played in the sixteen game era. Matthew, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm all about it. Like, so I used to be a big advocate of the preseason, but like, because I, I I love football, I love watching the NFL, and I was even I even like I still watch all four games no matter what. Like, even though this year was really bad, I still watch all four games because I like to see the bubble players. But it was so bad this year, and so many teams were so worried about injuries. There, was, there wasn't a traditional dress rehearsal game in the third preseason game this year. Multiple teams, including the Cowboys, completely sat out all their starters for their last two games. So what's really the point? Like, I get it. You're developing players. That's the main argument right now. Is like you want to see these bubble players and what they can do. All right, well, the starters aren't really doing anything anyways. It's not like they're playing to get game ready. They're only playing so many snaps, you know, so I don't really see a point anymore. I know it's for money. That's why you add in the two preseason games at the end of the regular season. I think it's great. And just to counter, sorry, a little long-winded, but just to counter uh, what Ray said, it'd be the same thing that happened when we went from 12 games to 14 games and from 14 games to 16 games. It's happened twice already. Long-winded is right. That felt longer than a fourth preseason game on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to have to disagree with both of you guys. Um, mainly from the main standpoint is you have to properly evaluate these players. Now, I coach a travel men's soccer team, and in my single days, we used to tell the girls at the bar we're semi-professional. Uh, <laughs> but e- every year, I have about 30 guys trying out for 18 spots. And every year, I have to make cuts. And the more I get to see those players and who's showing up, who's performing on the field, who's not, who's dedicated – the better my evaluation becomes. If you shorten it from four games to two games, those coaches aren't getting a good evaluation of some of those bubble guys. And some of those bubble guys that have gone on to impress in the preseason, like a Victor Cruz, for example, and went on to have a pretty solid career, might not get the chance to show themselves, and they might end up cut. Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis is another one. 
No, I, make... I go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. I was just gonna say you make a good point, but also you do have to remember that they did add in many almost I think it's almost every team now is doing the uh the the inner team scrimmages where they you know another team comes in and scrimmages with them for a week and that's actually helped from what I what I've read that actually helps them in uh, scouting the talent and so forth and it's why a lot of people believe at least one game isn't even needed anymore and also when when you add the fact that now they can carry what 93 players into the fourth game where before it was only 73 or so that's that's why the fourth game was this year was just absolutely brutal because I mean like Denver had like 38 players sit yeah so and yeah do you make a good point Ray with the the inner squad practices I think if they make that like a thing like get rid of two preseason games and like hey have inner squad practices, run some scrimmages. It'll help those younger and you know, younger players. You can evaluate them more. I just, I didn't learn anything from the fourth, third, and fourth preseason game. I know the coaches did. I know, the, but I, I think they pretty much have their mind made up. I don't know, maybe a few. I don't know how many players really change their mind in the third or fourth player. I know it happens. I don't want to say, oh, it's it's never going to happen. But I don't think it's that huge of an issue if they don't have it anymore. And it's just a bad viewing experience, too. I mean, the league's all about giving a great product on TV and on the field. And that fourth preseason game is just god-awful. It is. And and they're playing. I mean, the amount that the fans are paying to go to it is crazy. But you know what? It's it's about putting the best product on the field. But it's not about putting the best product on the field for the preseason. It's about putting the best product on the field for the regular season and giving more time to evaluate those players helps the product in the regular season, helps iron out those kinks, and those lesser players make it. And then we're also burying the lead here. I mean, we're, we're in the league now where we're having Thursday games. Late in the season, we have Saturday games. We have Sunday games. We have Monday games. It's on four nights a week. And the players on Thursday nights are getting injured a lot more than the ones getting full rest on Sundays. What's an additional two games look like on the season with those starters going? How many more injuries are we going to see when we're increasing the season? Well, I actually, I actually, I can't remember who it was, but somebody kind of did how they would do the schedule if they went to an eighteen game season. I actually thought it was brilliant. The players would actually get far more off time because of the mm-hmm. added two games. They would have two bye weeks, and then no play, no team would play the Thursday night game on a on a four day break. So, like every team would play the Thursday night game after a bye week or something like that. I forgot how yeah. they did it, but they, they worked it all out to where it would have worked. And something like that, I mean, I, more rest time, no short weeks, I think that would be viable. Yeah, there was, there was a suggestion that I saw that included all that. And then it also, I don't know how much I like this last part. It also suggested, like, every player gets an additional week off during the regular season, so meaning that they, they, can, they have to miss yeah, a I game. Didn't, I didn't really like yeah, that like part that. because, what I mean, how, how do you choose who misses what game? You know, like I just bench all my starters game one because I wouldn't want them missing at the end of the season. You know what I mean? Like, so from, from a strategy standpoint, though, I like trying to figure out when you're going to bench Tom Brady and yeah. start Brian Hoyer. Right now, someone in the flock, because this is for the fans, by the fans, I believe it was Chris Wendor, brought up the point of if you have the players sit one game, what about that paying fan who goes to see, you know, their favorite star and he's actually not playing that game? For Absolutely. a coach's decision. Absolutely. And that's, that's why I don't like that, that idea as well. That just adds on top of it, yeah. That's yeah, the that's, only reason I don't, I don't like it. it. I'm against the 18-game season. I'm fine with the 16 games. If it ain't broke, don't change it. Uh, you can always improve, though. It doesn't have to be broke to improve, man. 
Always looking oh. to improve. Understood. So, moving on. Last week, there was a major trade with Khalil Mack um, going to the Chicago Bears. I know Guy Weaver, our resident Bears fan, was stoked about that trade. What did you think about the trade, Ray, from both sides of the deal? Well, from the Bears' side, I think they it's perfect timing because they have their quarterback on a rookie deal. They have a lot of other players that are vital to the team's success in rookie deals. Um, so it's perfect timing when it comes to the contract situation. And also, the team is on the up-and-up in a ways prior to this trade, so you don't foresee them having top top 10 draft picks that much longer, if not top 15. So, yes, they're giving away a couple first-round draft picks, but they are they would have, I believe, especially now they're going to be middle of the pack, if not early 20s. Then you add in the fact that they did get a second in return, with it and then they get a future hall of fame player that is nearly impossible to come by regardless of what draft position you have. So from the bears position, I love it from the Raiders position. I think it's a bad look. Um, I think it's a bad look from like the players in the locker room. I'm trying to be quick with this point players in the locker room. Now they see a player that did everything he was supposed to do. They, he, he was the, one of the best at his position was an elite human being, elite work ethic. And the team somehow decided not to pay him, but pay the coach that's been away from football for for a very long time. So I think it's a I think it's going to be a trust issue in the locker room. What do you say, Matthew? Well, just right off the bat, I mean, this year it's a great it's a great move for the Bears because they improved their defense with going to be one of the best young defensive players in the league, and they're going to need it because they got Aaron Rodgers in that division. And now they got to go against Kirk cousins and with a lot of talent in Minnesota. So <laughs> that really helps them out. That really does. I mean, they, they're going to need it. You know, they're going to need that in that division. I'm just kind of worried about their future because they built and they, they, they had, they put everything in here and they don't have a ton of draft picks in the future. I mean, they gave up la- not last year. They traded up in the draft as well to get Mitchell Trubisky giving up a third and a fourth and a third rounder in this year's draft. So they lost those three picks. And then they also, now they gave away more future picks. So they don't have a lot of draft capital in the next coming up years. So they're banking everything on this team that they got now. So we'll have to wait and see how it works out for them. The Raiders, it's a wait and see. It's always wait. When you draft, when you trade for draft picks, you can't say right here, Hey, it's a terrible trade because of this, because you don't know what players are going to get. I mean, they can totally get terrible picks, or they can get future Hall of Famers. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see what the, where it goes to the Raiders. But it looks kind of bad right now. And this is where I 100% disagree with you. I don't have to wait and see. This is a <laughs> horrible trade for the Oakland Raiders. This is abysmal. If you look at it, Khalil Mack needed to be signed. What is every person in that rock, locker room saying is Ray said? They're saying, oh, man. If I'm not the quarterback, they're not going to pay me. It doesn't yeah. matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I can do. They're not paying me. Khalil Mack is one of the best three to five defensive players in the league right now. Yeah. And they just traded him for a pile of magic beans. That was it. <laughs> and you say, oh, you don't know what they're going to do with the draft picks. Well, look at what they did with their draft picks last year. They just cut Connor Cook who had an excellent preseason, and then they traded a draft pick for A.J. McCarron, who had an abysmal preseason. And let's look at their last 10 first-round draft picks. Please tell me which two players you would take over Cleo Mack. Robert Gallery? No. 
Fabian Washington? No. Michael Huff? No. Jamarcus Russell isn't even worth mentioning. Run D. Right, he's all right. Darius Hayward Bay? No. Rolando McCain? No. DJ Hayden? No. Amari Cooper's? Okay. Carl Joseph? You would not trade any two of those guys for Khalil Mack. Not even You're Hayward one. Bay? Yeah, <laughs> definitely not Hayward Bay. So with Raiders, the way they draft, or you know what? Here, I missed one. That's my bad. Uh, what about Colton Miller, Massey? Oh. I know you're a big Colton Miller fan. If that's what the Raiders are doing with their draft picks and just throwing them away, and the one guy they hit on, a once-in-generation talent, they just give up, that's a bad trade. That is you, a horrible trade by the Raiders. You, you, you make amazing points, and I, know, I agree I'm with them. I'm a very educated no, no, man. I agree with them. The only thing I, – I still – we'll have to see what they draft because John Gruden's there now, and I'm not – I mean – you might not like John Gruden or anything like that. It's going to change the way they draft. We'll see what they pick. They could make good picks. I mean, it's possible. I'm not, say, it's, I'm not saying that they're going to. I'm not saying it's going to end up being a great trade for them or anything like that. I'm just saying we're going to have to wait and see because if they make good draft picks, then it could work out for them. But you know what? I trust the front offices who know what they're doing and the front offices who don't know what they're doing. I don't give a lot of leeway to. Just like the Carson Wentz trade. Everyone's like, oh, man, the Browns got so many picks. The Eagles overpaid. Corey Coleman, their first-round draft pick from that (laughs) year, isn't on an NFL roster right now. You have to be able to pick the players. And I don't trust Gruden. I think he and Reggie McKenzie in Oakland have a huge rift between them. And uh, Oakland fans have got to be wondering, can you fire a coach before he ever plays a game for your team? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, and to 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 add to that, just what the what the Raiders have done this season, they they bring in the the old Jordy Nelson, right? They bring in, they then tr- use a third round pick to trade for Martavius Bryant, who's now cut. Who's exactly? Who's now cut? They sign a coach who hasn't coached in a decade to a hundred million dollar contract, and then guaranteed, and then it's his it's last... a ten year contract, though. I know, but no, no, I'm guaranteed. with them. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a terrible contract. But it's, I mean, it's ten million a year, but it's ten years. It's insane that they gave somebody a ten year contract. But, and then, but what's even worse about that is, that, let's just say Reggie McKenzie isn't the best GM in the NFL, right? Oh, so, yeah. eventually, you're gonna want to have a better GM. What GM's gonna come to that franchise and be like, you know what? I'll be the GM, but I can't fire the coach because he's guaranteed a hundred million dollars. Well, of course you can't, because the hundred million, the hundred million dollars to John Gruden doesn't mean anything. It doesn't count against your cap, so it doesn't mean anything. It just I know, sucks but, you, the owner has to pay him. But here's I've, the thing: Mark Davis might not have the money. There, yeah. There's rumors, and it, it's been shot down by you know insiders for the Oakland Raiders. But you know, there could be truth in it because if you sign a player. All of the money for that player has to go into escrow. So if they were to sign Max to, you know, the $140 million contract or whatever it is, they would have had to actually have that money. Maybe Mark Davis is broke. Maybe that's, that's the only logical reason I can well, see for this. His, his net worth is actually not – it's in the bottom of the league owners from what I mm-hmm. understand. So it's not huge, which is weird because Al Davis, I think, was just ridiculously rich. So I don't know where all his money went. But – yeah, I, I, from what I've read is that his, he's in the bottom of the league in net worth for an owner. Um, I don't know. That might, be playing a, that might be playing a factor. And then they're moving to Las Vegas, and they just lost a superstar player that, that would draw crowds to the game. Oh, Vegas is going to draw crowds no matter what, man. 
Like it's just Vegas. But but here's the thing. Like I I'm right with you guys because Oakland's off season has been awful in my opinion. Awful. They have they, the oldest like old, roster they, in the they, NFL. They have climbed to the oldest roster. They have John Gruden went out and signed everybody that he he scouted when he was still coaching, and was like, "Hey, these guys were good when I was scouting." Yeah, <laughs> and he went with it. I just I don't get it. I really don't. I think Oakland's become a mess. Uh, but let's move on. Um, Khalil Mack, highest paid defensive player in the league. Right before that, though, the guy that we've been begging to get paid. Yeah. Uh, for 33 hours, Aaron Donald was the highest defensive paid player in the league. Mass, any thoughts on him? He's the best player in the league, in my opinion. Um, and this is, I know everybody's like, oh, you know, I hope Aaron Donald doesn't turn around and hold out next year. I'm like, oh, I want more money. I want to be the highest paid player. Because, you know, some people are like, oh, if you're the best, you should be the highest paid player. It's just how it works. But Aaron Donald deserved contract. I don't know how the Rams have the cap room and how they're making all this stuff work, but they did. Aaron Donald, well-deserved, best player in the league, in my opinion. Massey? I mean, Ray Ray? Well, I'm not worried about uh, – I know people have said that. I'm not worried about that. I think uh, with Aaron Donald holding out again, I think that comes to light because of Julio Jones. Um, but I think Julio Jones' holdout was mainly because he's bad with money. And basically all the holdout did was get him money up front. Um, yeah. So – which is just really, which was really, really strange. But yeah, Aaron Donald deserves the money. I mean, you, I mean, arguably you have the three best players at one through three and the top payout. So it's, it's fitting. Um, so yeah. And, and Max deal was insane. I might add, but he's still only 27. Um, and yeah. Well, the thing with Max deal with the way the cap has been expanding lately, he's only going to take up about 10% of the cap. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really not that much. But um, Aaron Rodgers is uh, getting paid even more. Um, what did you guys – what did you think of his contract, Ray Ray? I loved it. I mean, he earned it. Um, it's up to the team to draft and develop better. It's not up to him to help them when it comes to their finances. So take what he can get. Take what he earned. Massey? Hey, um, give – Aaron Rodgers credit. He's, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the league right now. Um, so give him credit for getting the deal done and getting uh, getting paid his money. I think it is an awful move, though, on uh, both part both both sides. Aaron Rodgers taking up twenty something plus percent of their cap. Um, I I think it's a terrible move. It's history has shown that quarterbacks that make that much money, um, that high of a percentage of their cap, don't win the Super Bowl. Um, the last people to do it was Steve Young in 94, 94, 95. So it just doesn't happen. So I think they just, they resigned to say, Hey, we're going to pay this great quarterback and we're going to have him, but we're not going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. So that's kind of what they're, where, where we're at right now. Yeah. I, you have to pay your QB though. And while he's getting paid a very large amount, he's not getting paid that much more than Matt Ryan is or than Kirk Cousins is or Jimmy Garoppolo. It's still within the same ballpark. Um, and the difference between Aaron Rodgers and those guys is Aaron Rodgers is a transcendent talent. He's one of the few people that you can pay 20-something percent of your cap to and still be able to put a solid team around him. But they have it. Well, and they're not, I, and they're, and they're, I don't think they're going to. They're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. 
Yeah, but Green Bay not putting a team around him has been because Aaron Rodgers has had a huge contract. They well, because he just got it. Exactly. They don't. <laughs> they don't go into free agency at all. They don't go sign players. They just draft, and that's all they do. And they also don't have a good coach, so you can't hold con- Rodgers' contract against them well, for it's not, not having. It's not just Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, it a person, a quarterback who has over twenty percent of the cap on a team. Hasn't won the Super Bowl since 1994 with 94 95 with Steve Young. It's not just Aaron Rodgers, it's NFL history. It shows that it just doesn't get done. But the league it's too has much, it's too drastically much changed over that time. It's, yeah, but it still has, it's still over that time, it's been changing and it still hasn't happened. Like it just doesn't happen. That's too big of a percentage to make a great team around you. Well, well, because eventually all the QBs are going to be paid 20 something percent of the cap. I don't well, think and so. then, and then just, I mean, what else would you do to take less to help the team out? I mean, this is, well, I mean, that would be been, my well, that, thing. That's, that's, well, that, that, but, that, would, that's what you should do if you really want to win a Super Bowl. But that's been the topic all week, right? Because Brady does it. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to be honest. Look at the Patriots he has five roster. Super Bowls. Where that, the, yeah, that, but not everyone because can of marry Belichick. the richest in the world either. Well, hey. no, but, but also, but the whole makes more than Brady. Just, just look at the Patriots roster. Where the hell is that money going to anyways? If you look, if you actually look at the roster position by position, I guarantee you, Massey, there'd be fairly, barely any players on that roster you would take over the same player in the Cowboys roster. Same thing with the Eagles. The roster is actually kind of trash, but because they have Brady, Gronk, and Belichick, they win games. But if you look at the roster, it's horrible. But look okay, at this is this roster. They've so where's been doing the money for, going? Look at the past. I know, years but where's the? Like that. But but that's the thing. I like think they're actually not going to be as good this year as they've been because their I, roster is trash. No, year. I agree. And but, the, but the they're last... in the AFC East, so they'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. So before you could look back, and I could name great players that've been on the team. It's just they don't pay those players, and they don't pay those players ridiculous. Look at look at their history of great players who came in there and demanded more money, and Belichick shipped them out. And guess what? It's working because he's winning Super Bowls. Well, and but also he's the greatest coach of all time. You, not everybody true. can repeat the Patriots formula. Very true. I, I, I get that. But it's a philosophy that I'm surprised more teams haven't followed because of how successful they have been with it. Because they talked Brady into it. And he's just one of it's, a kind. He's the greatest not, QB of all time. But it's not just Brady, though. Look at well, whatever these players. No, no, I'm not I'm saying whatever these players demand more money on the Patriots, they're gone. Belichick kicks them out. He says, "Nope, not going to do it. We'll, we'll find somebody to replace you." It's also an easy conversation to have when you can point to Tom Brady and say, "Well, we don't pay anyone more than Tom." Yeah, that's true, and that that to me is part of it. That's true. They can simply say, "We don't pay anyone more than Tom." And this is why you're taking less. And they could also you, say, look, it, our leader took less. Why can't you take less? I get that. Yeah. That, that's I just think a it's a philosophy. Part of it. I just think it's a philosophy that more teams should probably look at if they want to win more, in my opinion. Yeah, but more teams have to convince people to do that. And that's, and that's true. Happen. And it's not realistic. No, I, I, I get it. And it's all about greed. Like, and you could be like, oh, don't say greed. But it really is. Players, people just want more money. And that's basically what greed is. So. My only thing is I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, if you're, you're making millions. Why, why can't you live off of 15 to 20 million a year? Why do you have to make 25 plus a year? If you can't live off of 15 million a year, then there's something wrong with you. It, it, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. But, I don't know. In order to go and be like, hey, I, the ultimate goal is supposed to win a Super Bowl. These players always say it, the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. Maybe some players' ultimate goal is to, win mo- to make money, and that's great. But $15 million a year, 
would be you there's no way you can't say, no one can make an argument to say i can't live off of 15 million years it's ridiculous but here's gang, my here's my just... argument though first of all travis henry can because he has so many baby mamas that he owes <laughs> child support Ted. he can definitely make that claim but here's my point it's not necessarily greed i think part of it is ego if i'm aaron Rodgers. I want the money because I'm the best and I need to be paid as the best. I'm the best at what I do in my profession. I don't want to sit there and see some bum like Matt Stafford make more money than me. I would, uh, me that's I would, not greed. That's, that's ego. Maybe, maybe. But you would think that I, w- I would say it's more greed because you would think that ego would be more like, I want to prove I'm better than by winning. Ah, he's already won. He, won he already the has that ring. He, he won in the beginning and hasn't done really much since. So, well, fire Mike McCarthy, see what happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fire, no, I definitely agree. fire Mike McCarthy. I, I agree there. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I see it as greed. Because if $15 million a year is plenty of money to live off of. And yeah, the for, goal is to win the Super Bowl. For, for, his, like, for his family, his generation, yeah. But, I mean, think, think of it this way, too. Like, I grew up dirt poor. And mm-hmm. I, would loved, I? I would love to have been be able to um, – to help to support my 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 children, my children's children, to set them up for their lives, their future, with investments, so forth, college, and then like my my family tree, not have to worry about anything. I think that you could do that with you could do that with fifteen million a year. Yeah, I don't I don't think I think you're underestimating how much fifteen million. No, a fifteen year million is. a year is a lot, but it's also I mean you you obviously. You could either set them up to be, you know, the the uh, middle middle class, or you could set them up to be wealthy. <laughs> I don't know. Wealthy and is fifteen million a year, man. <laughs> That's bad taxes, free agency. It doesn't go as far as you think, but oh, it, it really does. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I wouldn't know. So, Massey, talking about the Green Bay Packers, we have a super fan in Chris Wendorf who isn't a big. Mike McCarthy fan, but he is a fan of the pod, and he had a question for us. Um, what was that question, Massey? The question is for you guys, you and Ray, because I've already seen the answer, so I'm not going to answer on this. But the question is, without looking it up, don't Google, no Google, guys. What team has gone the longest without winning a playoff game? And I want you to give me a year. We'll go with the, play- the team first. What team has gone the longest without oh, winning a playoff God, game? God, i got to give a year? Wait, we're first doing just – right now, just do the team. <laughs> That's going to be – Matt, you want to take this one first? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to give a guess off the hip. I am going to go with the Detroit Lions. They've been bad for a very, very long time. I know for a fact Calvin Johnson never won a playoff game. Um, and for year, I really like, wait, 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 well, well let, let, I, I let's, still want to give my year. I know we're going to do that, but let's, let's okay. first get, let's first get race, uh, on the team. Um, uh, the lions, maybe, I know, I think they won in 98 though. It's Scotty Mitchell 97, somewhere along those lines. Um, the team, I feel like this is a trick question. So. <laughs> It's the because Broncos. obviously one would think no. Obviously one would think you know like Browns or the Lions. I might be overthinking it. Who is? Bengals. Okay, the Bengals. Okay, so we got the Lions and the Bengals. I actually got to give you guys props. You guys are actually very. You guys both chose the two teams that have gone the longest. Woo-hoo, now did it, I win? No, you didn't. It's actually Damn the it. Bengals. Yes! <laughs> so the Lions have been the second longest. Okay? Okay. So, Matt, 
what year did they last win a playoff game? I'm going with 1994 because Shawshank and Pulp Fiction came out that year, and it was a good year for movies. And Forrest also Gump Forrest Gump. But I yeah. Don't like, yeah, I'm not a fan, though. Oh, wow. Mm. Ray, what, uh, what, what year? What year did the Bengals last win? Yep. Um, wasn't it with Boomer or Sison? Uh, 92? You guys are both wrong. All right, so it was 1990, the Bengals, last oh. team, time to win, 1990. The, you weren't far off, though, Matt, because the Lions won in 19. The last win was 1991, so they were one year, one year ahead of us. Oh, okay. Hey, so it wasn't bad. bad. Not, yeah, bad. not bad. The, well, Browns, was... the Browns were 94, guys. I, I thought you, one of you guys were going to pick the Browns. I just thought it was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> Because that would just seem too obvious. No, got it. No, I understand. Yeah, but yeah, Bengals, 1990, guys. Haven't won a playoff game. And Marvin Lewis has been there the whole time, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty bad. It is. All right, well, thank you, Chris, for the question. We appreciate you making us look like jackasses on air live. (laughs) You know what? We didn't do too bad. No, Um, you didn't. We also got a listener question from Mark, wanting to know who's going to do the longest holdout. And... We're kind of down to uh, just a couple holdouts now in Earl Thomas and Le'Veon Bell. Massey, who do you think is going to hold out longer? Honestly, uh, unless a trade happens with Thomas, and, and that's, I think it's still a possibility, but unless a trade happens, I, I'm going to go to Earl Thomas. I think Earl Thomas has put his foot down. I don't, he doesn't have to report until like week seven and able to incur the season, accrue the season. Um, so I think Thomas is going to hold out a couple weeks into the season. Uh, so I'm going to go Earl Thomas on this one. I will agree with Massey um, just because Bell, this is his final year period, so I, he's going to play to earn more, you know, to earn the money, to earn that free agent contract. And I spoke with somebody that I can't name names or what team that works for a team in the front office, and he believes that Bell will be reporting Wednesday. So I'm going to go with that. Hmm. That will report Wednesday. Ray Ray with his mysterious sources. I know, man. <laughs> Live um, reporting on the Flock NFL podcast. Ah, for the fan by the fan. I also happen to know that um, Le'Veon Bell got several very, very mean emails um, from a podcast <gasps> host in Tampa about reporting before the fantasy season kicked off. <laughs> He's starting to get a little bit nervous about his team. But we'll see. Uh, I just think there's too much of a grudge between Earl Thomas and the Seahawks organization at this point. And oh, I yeah. think that grudge has been building for a very long time. He's seen all of his teammates not get paid for the most part. And not only that, going back to that Super Bowl loss against the Patriots, that yep. fractured that locker room. Yep. That they still blame the him line. for it. They're you know what that was, still right? upset about that. You know what that still. was, right? That was Pete Carroll trying to make it Russell Wilson's team. Yeah, it passed the torch from the yeah, Legion of Boom he to was, Russell. Yeah, I, he was trying to make it Russell Wilson's team. By giving him the game-winning touchdown pass, he would submit Russell Wilson as this is my team. And it backfired. He Badly. also wasn't a huge Lynch fan, despite yeah. everything Lynch did. Exactly. Um, but the Patriots did have a monster line in at the time. They had their heavy set in. So from a football strategy point, it's not the worst play. Well, we saw the result. I guess it is the worst play in the, the world. The result yeah, ended up being the worst. <laughs> But 
It was like on second down too. They had multiple attempts. Like it wasn't like it was a third or fourth down. Yeah, I I remember jumping out of my couch and essentially waking my wife next to me. <laughs> that was it crazy. was pretty damn bad. So, uh, well, moving on. I know I'm not. But Matthew, you're kind of our resident old man on his front lawn, <laughs> yelling at hippies to get a haircut on this podcast. <laughs> Tell me why you're tired of Jalen Ramsey. First, let me just address that because I thought you were going to say old man on his front lawn yelling at cars to slow down, and I actually did that this morning. Yeah, there you. My kids <laughs> are in this neighborhood. You slow Ex- down and get a haircut, you hippie. Exactly, exactly. So. Ah, man, I got to say that I I am getting kind of tired of Jalen Ramsey. Like, it was cool at first, you know, going, but it's like, it's like the media and it built and the media is building off it. And it's every interview they want to know, oh, what do you think about this player? What do you think about this player? And now he's just getting ridiculous. Like saying Gronk isn't good, like Gronk's overrated. Come on. Saying that you, if you train for a few years, you could play in the NHL. Come on, dude. No, no, you can't. Like, come on. This is. It's other professional sports. Like, I'm sorry, you're not just going to never play hockey and then train for a, u- a few years and then go play hockey in the NHL. It's not going to happen. It's, 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 it's just getting tired of it, man. Right? I am, I'm not tired of it. Um, I, I will say the whole hockey thing kind of got me a little annoyed because I, I actually um, personally think hockey is a tougher sport to master than football. It's very um, difficult. So I think that was just asinine. And I don't think he, he might not be tough enough to play that sport. But anyways, yeah. But everything, but everything else, I he's he is building. He got beat up he, by AJ Green. Like he's gonna get rocked yeah, in hockey. Yeah, he he's building his WWE character to help with <laughs> his. That's what he's doing. That's I mean, especially like I think I've said before, but that position, your stats aren't up there. Um, especially if you're elite, nobody's gonna throw to you. So you have to build your persona and get people to know who you are. And one way is one of the way to do it is talking. And he decided to follow the, the LeVar ball um, strategy. And he is now the LeVar ball of the NFL, but it's refreshing. Keep doing it. Just try to try not to say too much stupid stuff. I love it. I think it's great. It's refreshing. That's the best word to put it. Most (laughs) of these guys at the NFL are robots in their interview. They barely give you anything. It's just cardstock answers. For once, a guy kind of, you know, lets you see behind the magic curtain to see how the magic is made and his inner workings and thoughts. And that just makes me happy to see. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I will say this, though. I'm surprised Tom Coughlin hasn't shut this down yet. He, yeah. he is the definition of old man on his lawn yelling at car stuff. <laughs> Slow he is Clint Eastwood of the NFL. Absolutely. <laughs> so how he hasn't said anything and quiet the kid yet, I'm shocked. But you know what? The only point I've disagreed with Ramsey so far on was when he said Gronk was overrated. Other than that, he's been damn right about anything. You think he can play hockey in the NHL? Okay, on his player comments. Okay, okay. On his comments <laughs> about the other players. Hey, Good catch. So you know Ray, what? I've never seen the man skate. Maybe he's great <laughs> on ice. Hey, uh, Ray. Hmm. So with the, the talking about the uh, the WWE persona, you think him calling out uh, Gronk is going to set up the next WrestleMania main event? Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. You you should have your buddies over at the uh, podcast <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> yeah, over at close to the mark. Yeah, yeah close to the mark. That'd... That would be awesome. That would be that would be one heck of a, a pay per view there. <laughs> Who knows? It's always possible. Gronk <laughs> will be the first wrestler from the NFL. 
Probably. Oh. No. Hey. Would it be? I thought there was other people from it. I mean, like, I think Gronk could be, like, full-time, like, part-time, full-time. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, like, Brock Lesnar played for the Vikings. Yeah, I meant, well, like, Brock Lesnar wrestled first and then went to the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, Roman yeah, Reigns okay. played for Roman Reigns played for the Jags and so forth. But I mean, like the Rock had a, football. Rock had a great college career. I mean, yeah, you know, until he got hurt and replaced by Warren Sapp. <laughs> yeah, I guess let me rephrase that. Like a future, like you know, Pro Bowl caliber player no. that played for a long time. Okay, yeah, you can yeah. will it into existence. Look at the Miz from the real world saying he was going to be a professional wrestler, and now he's one of their big names. <laughs> yeah. Was he on the real world? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I never knew yeah, that. Man. And he called you know. himself the Miz and said he was going to be a WWF wrestler. It was just a drunken jackass the whole time. And, yep. well, he, he's now a WWF wrestler, so he was just a drunken ass all the time. Making, like, $1.7 million a year. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got off. We got off topic. We're talking about wrestling here. That's, sorry yeah. about that. Uh, we will stay off your turf close to the Mark podcast. Our apologies <laughs> on that. Uh, let's get back into our top twenty-five. Just to recap, really quickly, at twenty-five we had AJ Boye and Kelsey. Twenty-four was Peterson. Twenty-three was Joey Bosa, underrated. Twenty-two was Todd Gurley. Twenty-one yeah. was Zeke Elliott because Massey made the list and he's a cheater. Twenty was Matt Ryan. <laughs> 19 was Big Rape. I'm Big Ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger. So that now brings us, we have two guys tied at 17. It's nice to see these teammates tied at the hip with Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner. Now we already touched on Thomas holding out really quickly. Uh, Massey, do you have any thoughts on Bobby Wagner? I think Bobby Wagner is a tremendous player. I actually have him above uh, Earl Thomas. I actually have him at. 10 so I, I and i have earl thomas at uh, seven, 16 so like i mean bobby wagner i think he's a great player tremendous he's in my opinion the second best linebacker non-rushing linebacker in the nfl so i, I think bobby wagner definitely deserves to be on this list oh i think he does too but you know what i'm looking at the list right now and ray ray didn't have him on the list so ray i gotta ask you what did Bobby Wagner do to your family, man? What yeah, man. <laughs> it's not that he didn't do I, – I just put more stock in other positions. Also, I think this was this will be the last two that Bobby Wagner could be considered on um, top 25 because I think Deion Jones overtakes him at the end of this mm. year as a better middle linebacker. Ooh, that dude uh, is just a physical freak, and uh, it, it's his time. Interesting. Fair point. Okay. Number 16. Now we're going with the guy who may be injured, may not be injured. Could be a sprain knee, could be a hyperextended knee, or you know what, he's been practicing lately. Uh, but Zach Martin, guard for the Dallas Cowboys. Dude's a beast. He's I mean, best lineman in football, in my opinion. Uh, just gets it done. He's, from my understanding, he's not really injured anymore. I mean, he might be having a little bit of pain still, soreness or whatever, but he's back practicing with the first team, not missing any time. They said he's going to start week one, so I don't have any hesitations about him right now with the injury. But, yeah, the guy's a beast. Ray Ray? I mean, just the same same sentiment. No disagreement here. Maybe he could have been higher. Maybe he's right at the right spot, but no problem with him on the list. You know, this is pretty much right where I had him. And I, I will say this, I had him higher than Jason Kelsey. I can take off the homer hat. <laughs> I did put him on there. I think at this point he is the better player. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, okay. 
Number 15, Harrison Smith. I think he's too low. And I definitely don't think one of the players that will in the def- in the secondary that will be named later should be above him. I think he's too low because someone just put all the QBs at the top of their list. <laughs> well, that person still has them higher than you did. You have them at 25, man. Yeah. Oh. I thought that there were better players there. I did still have him on my list. Yeah. I but- think he deserves it. But I think he's also a little bit of product- a tremendous player. But I think part of the reason he's such a tremendous player is because he's on a tremendous team in a tremendous system, and that highlights him. I think that lifts him up and makes him look a little bit better than he is. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Harrison Smith is my fourth highest-ranked player in the league. I think he is tremendously underrated. He has been getting it done even when the Vikings didn't have a great defense. He was just not – and nobody talked about him, but he was still, yeah, playing, he was, he was still doing it. Like, this guy is – ridiculous he can he can guard tight ends he can stop the run he can guard wide receivers he guards wide receivers in the slot he does he can't guard everything. zach Ertz. <laughs> he had a bad he had a bad game hey he had a bad everyone game. has bad games yeah, yeah he had a bad game but he is the best uh in safety in the league uh it, in my opinion like this guy is he's amazing uh, yeah not much else to say about him what Next one up, we have a tie at the quarterback position for number 13 overall with um, Hustle Russell Bustle Wilson and Drew Brees. So, in a vacuum, this season only, Ray Ray, which one would you take, Russell Wilson or Drew Brees? Russell Wilson. I think he's the third best quarterback in football right now. So, Russell Wilson. Massey? This year, not counting any future, I'm taking Drew Brees. Um, I have him ranked higher than Russell Wilson. I think it's funny that they're tied when they're actually like Russell Wilson's actually like compared to Drew Brees in real life. Like that's what they say. Yeah. This, yeah. So I was actually I think it's kind of funny that yeah, they're actually tied. You know, but... it's that short man problem. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you short, you're Drew Brees. Before that, it was like you short, you Doug Flutie. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think Drew Brees is one of the greatest players of all time, and I think he's still getting it done. So. I think he's one of the greatest players of all time, but I think that time is passing a little bit, and I think Russell's currently the better quarterback. So, all right, that was number 13, but it was a tie. So moving up to number 11, we have a tie here as well, ladies and gentlemen. We have Luke Keekley and Jalen Ramsey. So if you could only take one on your team, who would you take, Ray Ray? Oh, Jalen Ramsey for sure. I mean, Luke Luke is great, but middle linebacker isn't as poor in a corner as a cornerback. And I think think Jalen Ramsey is a better cornerback at this point than Keekley, especially with his injuries. Also, uh, Harrison Smith should have been ahead of both both of these two. Massey, who you taking? Um, if you're talking about like if I'm, it, it's I think here's you're not here's the it. Dallas Cowboys. You're no, no. a team, and you need both players. Exactly. Okay, so. If it's drafting by position, drafting by need, I'm probably going to go with Jalen Ramsey because, like Ray said, that Jalen the position is a little bit more important. Even though linebacker is so important, I, I, you need that. You need a great cornerback, a great short shutdown cornerback. However, I think Luke Keekley is a much better player than Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion. Well, not 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 much better player, but he's a better player than Jalen Ramsey, in my opinion, at this point in their careers. Yeah, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I, I think Jalen Ramsey is the best secondary player in the league. I think he's too low on the list. 
I think Luke Keekley's great when healthy. He's one of those asterisk players for me. And no, I'm not talking about MLB where all the players have asterisks because they all <laughs> do steroids. I'm talking just when healthy. So I got Ramsey over. All right. Number 10 and the last one for tonight. Currently not reporting to camp. Le'Veon Bell. Ray Ray, what are your thoughts on Bell? He's still the best running back in football, so it's fitting. Bad ten, no problem with it. Mazzy? Le'Veon Bell's great. I actually got him high ranked higher than, than Ray does. Like, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's a beast. Like, you can't. Is really he your highest negative. running back? He's not my highest running back. We all oh, know okay. this. We all know this. But <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is—he is, is my highest running back. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell is a beast. He does everything except not the best blocker in the league. But he does catches. He runs. He's—he's he's a great player, and he deservedly needs to be on this list. Uh, no, and, and I agree, and I, I think he should be the highest running back on the list, and thankfully he is because two of us are sane and we're not fans <laughs> of the Cowboys. <laughs> so, all right, that's last for our top 25 for this episode. Check out the next one, and we will wrap up nine through number one to see who the flock NFL number one player is. So, in parting, as always, Ray Ray, what you talking about? I will continue on from what I've started. We're talking about players that are doing good deeds. Um, this one is about Aaron Jones, the running back for the Packers, who also I think is a great late flyer in fantasy football. But back at the end of May, it was a little bit while ago, but it's, um, he helped a older lady um, get through the airport and pushed her wheelchair to where she needed to go. It was a very kind gesture, and things like those should uh, go, go notice, especially with the way some players are viewed nowadays. What you talking about, Matt? What I am talking about is I'm still standing on my soapbox about John Gruden being horrible. <laughs> Look, if you want breaking news, you want insight, listen to the Flock NFL podcast. I told you all the second Hunter Henry went down, Gates was going to sign there. And guess who just signed with La Chargers, Antonio Gates. The second Gruden came aboard, I told you Gruden was going to be a complete shit show as a head coach. And I haven't been wrong. Not only did he just jettison the best player that they have, he burned a draft pick on Martavius Bryant. He cut every QB on his depth chart except for Derek Carr, despite them having good preseasons to trade for A.J. McCarron, who has been a bum all preseason long. This guy is a train wreck. It is almost like he is trying to get revenge on the Raiders for trading him to the Bucks all those years ago. <laughs> And he's just sabotaging this is his master the team. plan. This is his oh, master plan. Yeah. This is his revenge. I just don't get it. Now, even like his old partner in crime, Sean McDonough, from the broadcast booth, who they had a rocky relationship, throwing shade and calling him out a little bit on this move and saying he doesn't understand it. So, Massey, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about, guys, is I'm going to take a book, a page out of Ray's book, and I'm going to call out somebody who's did not just a great deed. An amazing deed. And I don't think this got enough credit because I didn't see it. I just happened to stumble upon it. New Orleans Saints defensive lineman Mitchell Lowen. Might not know that name very much. I didn't really know his name that much. Undrafted player out of Arkansas a couple years ago. He was uh, out to lunch with his wife in the city of New Orleans. He heard a big bang, a loud crash. He was like, what was that? He looks. And the car had somehow fallen off the fourth floor of a parking garage and landed upside down. He ran over there to go see what was going on, and there was a, a guy in the car. Up, it was upside down. There was a guy still in the car. 
he quickly organized a group of men to get together and flip the car over onto its wheels. Notice that the guy was still conscious, but he was stuck in there. This dude ripped the door off the car's hinges. Ripped the door off the car's hinges and pulled this guy to safety. Wow. All right. My drink, I raised my drinking horn to you. You are a real American hero, Mitchell Lewin. I salute you, man. I salute did he make, you. Did he make the team? Yes, I believe he did. Awesome. Great. That's that, tremendous. Yes, that's awesome. Hey, I, I just want to add real quick to the Gruden hate, and Massey's going to love to hear this. Um, question for both of you. When you have a right-handed quarterback and Derek Carr and you don't have a running game, what is the most <laughs> important position on that offensive line? Left, left tackle. I know what you're going We're Left tackle, right? Well, what did Gruden just do? He moved his previous all-pro left tackle down of 10 to the right tackle's position so his overdrafted rookie, Colton Miller, can start at left. So thank you. Uh, Bradley Chubb's going to thank you in the two games this season. Everybody in that division, Joey Bosa's <laughs> going to thank you. Like, I was wondering, like, I, was, I, I actually checked the schedule when it happened. Like, please tell me the Bears play the Raiders this year because <laughs> Mac would eat Colton Miller alive. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Oh, that man. would be tremendous. But you know what, Massey, as you said earlier and said on the Flock podcast page or the Flock Facebook group, you know, maybe they pick three Hall of Famers with those draft picks, but I sure as hell wouldn't count on it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's probably it's probably not going to happen. I was just saying, like, what if, you know, but right now it does not look great, especially with moving Miller to starting left tackle. Oh, my geez. So, bad. so all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for downloading another Flock NFL podcast. Share it with your friends. Join us on the Flock NFL Facebook page and get involved. Gentlemen, say good night. Deuces, Flock. Good night, Flockers. Peace out, motherfuckers. Why did I say good night when it might not be nighttime for him? Yeah, it was.